0: there was about 700 um hotels in the new york city the five boroughs now 140 of them are no longer open to travelers so those are shuttered completely because they're being used for migrants and the big thing that was you know really sort of um uh, i guess competing most head on aggressively was the airbnbs which re- which you know actually this it really starts to seem if you take a step back all very um planned when you when you kind of look at it because the hotels, clearly they had an over-inventory supply. That was like the biggest issue they had. You know, a lot of people were banking on tourism prior to uh, COVID happening. So now they're sitting on these, these supplies and you had the Airbnb. So that's a great way for people to make rentals. So they wanted to cut back on those because obviously the city and the state, they can't tax them. They can't get like the hotel taxes and the hotels themselves were just worried about, you know, the, the fact that there's oversupply and now they might actually lose out on clientele. So they cracked down on them so bad. At the same time, now there's less hotel inventory. So what's going on? The little bit of the tourism, like hotels available for tourism, the prices are going up. So again, this is another one of those signs that they'll um, look at to say tourism industry is going up because look, it costs more to rent rooms. That that means we're recovering. It's like no, they've created a false, um, you know, like a vacuum of no rooms, and now it's more expensive. But these ones that have turned into the migrant shelters. They have con- contracts where they're almost up to like a decade. So there's not even um, feasibility that they're going to come back into the market. So, I mean, these things are off for a long time.
1: Yeah, they're not like the Roosevelt Hotel was. The Roosevelt Hotel was empty, empty for a long time. It was in great disrepair. It couldn't uh, be brought up to code and spec. Owned by one of the most corrupt uh, nations in the world, Pakistan. And Eric Adams signed uh, a lease with them for $198 million for all 1,000 rooms for three years. No bid contract. No, well, forget the Roosevelt Hotel. That was not being used by tourists. But all these other hotels were. I mean, you, you go Walton Hotel up on 57th Street, the old Holiday Inn. You statler across the street from Madison Square Garden next to uh, the Hotel Pennsylvania, which they took down brick by brick. Well, if you wanted to put the migrants in a hotel, the old Hotel Pennsylvania would have been the place. Rats, moths, fleas—a real flea bag hotel. But they took it down, and then you look all across Manhattan, and then you look at the Holiday Inn on Wall Street. That is the tallest Holiday Inn in the world, owned by a red Chinese owner who went bankrupt. Went down to the bankruptcy court in Wilmington, and the judge told him, "Go to City Hall." Eric Adams is playing. Let's make a deal. The city has leased out every floor of that Holiday Inn, uh, the tallest Holiday Inn in the world. And it's a migrant hotel. So start adding the numbers, ladies and gentlemen. This is not an attack on Eric Adams. Some people say, oh, you're obsessed with Eric Adams. I am because he's destroying the city. But when you say something that defies logic and every other reporter out there, who has access to resources greater than yours, Nancy, with your deep dive as an e-attorney, you say, why are they giving – when he first says it, how could there be more tourists in New York City because tourists generally stay a few days if you don't have the hotel rooms to house them and you're cracking down on Airbnbs. we.
0: There are not as many Airbnbs. No, no and, and again, this is where the, the tourism industry is really being judged by the hotel industry. So because they're viewed as strong, oh, the rooms are full, it's, it's irrelevant that they're actually being filled with the migrants because it's showing, oh, capacity. Look, this is how many people are there. And again, that's, that's how silly this, this perspective is. When people were there before as tourists, obviously they're going out. They're spending money. They're putting money into the economy. These rooms are being taken at a cost. And then those people need ancillary benefits. So it's like it's completely different.
1: So let's start, Nancy, with um, the recent events involving our visitors from Venezuela who we never asked to come here. Many of them thugs, many of them gang members. They have been a menace to our city. Most of them are housed in the Times Square area in what were hotels before the lockdown and pandemic that were for tourists. I I need you to do a deeper dive throughout this week. We really have to get down to the point. Are these unwanted guests of ours that we're paying for actually be counting being counted on the rolls as tourists? Since they're going to all the tourist areas and stabbing people and beating up our cops and walking in the stores and shoplifting and shooting customers, are they considered tourists because they occupy? what is still classified as a hotel room.
0: I, th- I think they're more of the the day trippers.
1: <laughs> and then you got to do a, a comparison of the Airbnb, Airbnbs before the lockdown and pandemic and what they are now with all the restrictions that have been put on them by the city council, which uh, the lobbyists for the hotel industry have pressured to crack down on that business. I know of a lot of people who would come to visit New York and they would uh, rather go to an Airbnb in the outer boroughs because there they would have a kitchen, you know, have access to
0: like a normal apartment. And they loved it. They loved Yeah, it. And, and like under the guise of, uh, you know, consumer protection, and we got to look out for the people who visit so they don't go to, you know, some like shoddy household. It would, it's really because they couldn't figure out a way to yet garner revenue from people who were doing this. But yet, I mean, this is exactly what you would want to encourage people having home ownership. And wanting to stay in New York City because there's another reason, there's another way to make some money, and you just swept all that those people out of that possibility. And then of course they want to leave because you're leaving them no options anymore.
1: Well, uh, Eric Adams would call that a side hustle, right? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I got my side hustle. So in our next gathering, you're going to be back with us on Tuesday. Nancy is with us on the Rip and Read Tuesdays and Thursdays from twelve to one. Let's go back before the lockdown and pandemic. I remember there was a woman who actually was the press attache for Rudy Giuliani, Christine Ladigano. I think she's in charge of like uh, the Board of Tourism and Trade now. Let's look at the figures before the lockdown and pandemic. Let's look at the figures since and let's get a more detailed accounting of the figures. Because every time I hear that, I am going to confront any host or hostess here at WABC or any media person that I hear repeat like a parrot the word, "the tourism is up." Tourism has never been better.
0: I mean, when you when you walk down the streets too, you see all the people who are standing outside the restaurants trying to solicit business. I mean, that's an everyday of the week thing. I mean, there isn't that volume of traffic that there used to be. You go down a little Italy. I was there
1: today for the annual Lunar New Year's Day Parade in Chinatown, which was packed. But you go over to Mulberry Street, and you're right. The hawkers are like wrestling people to please come into my Italian restaurant. Please come into this Italian restaurant. The tourists are not there. I... Look, I want to believe that the city is going to recover and get back to the way things used to be, especially with tourism and restaurants and the service industry.
0: But don't lie.
1: And uh, I may just spew rhetoric, as I often do.
0: And, and, and again, if this is the problem where you're seeing this um, big distinction where, um, you know, it, there's a separation where there's a lot more of the... Uh, like the middle class is really being squeezed. So here, because they're trying to make up for the lack of the volume of tourists, they're trying to increase the prices of everything else correspondingly. So it kind of makes up for it. So it is becoming more expensive to visit, which is why New York wants the international travelers, because their money's worth more, because apparently it's worth like four times more. They spend four times more than the deadbeat New Yorkers. <laughs> so we want people from international because they're here to spend money. Here, we're just trying to conserve money. So we want to attract the international tourists, but we're keeping the inventory so low where now that's skyrocketing, and then people are actually choosing to go to, like, Europe because they're like, oh, it's too expensive to come to New York City. And why? It's dangerous, too. The next
1: time you hear the song, no Tell Hotel Holiday Inn, you're going to know that Nancy has completed her deep dive to bust a bubble in this notion that tourism has never been better. If I hear this one more time from this this woman, Kathy Wilde, who I hear now in these promos with Suzanne Miller, you know, it's propaganda. Come on, people. Stop listening to propaganda. Think for yourself. Be an independent thinker. You know what you see out there. If, in fact, all the tourists have returned, where the hell are they? Because I certainly don't see them.